Hello and welcome to the SAF Insights podcast, where we uncover the market forces behind sustainable aviation fuel. I'm Asia Net Zero editor Amo Palmer, and this week I'm joined by Neste's Vice President for Renewable Aviation in Asia Pacific, Sami Yauhiainen. Sami, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Happy to join the podcast. Cheers. So uh, just to set the scene, um, Neste has been on the front line when it comes to sustainable aviation fuel with around 100,000 tonne a year of SAF capacity at uh, Porview in Finland. And then by the end of 2023, should have one and a half million tonne a year flowing once expansion at uh, your Rotterdam and Singapore refineries is complete. And then also in the US, you recently partnered with Marathon Petroleum on its 166,000 barrel a day refinery, and that was to develop uh, their feedstock and sourcing production. So obviously, Neste have a lot going on in this space, um, but uh, you're not the only ones, and others seem to be catching up now. Uh, we see uh, a slew of SAF capacity coming online with around 9 million tonnes a year forecast globally by 2028. Uh, of which more than 3 million tonnes a year is in Asia-Pacific from countries such as uh, Dan, Suk and Shell. Uh, but with all this capacity, the main issue seems to be, especially for Hevasaf, um, is the feedstock scarcity going forward. Um, so do you see this being a big problem there? And if so, how uh, are you looking to overcome that? Very good question. So so first of all, I think it's great to see this, uh, this SAF capacity being ramped up uh, by various players, and and we will need that uh, to support the uh, the aviation industry in its with its emission reduction targets. But uh, if if looking at the, the raw material question, what do we what we believe in from the Neste side is that we have sufficient feedstock available uh, to support this this production increase that is anticipated. And what we estimate is that. Uh, the type of waste and residue oils and fats and raw materials that we use um, have the potential of up to 40 million tons globally by 2030. And in addition, there is much potential for HEFA technology in so-called novel vegetable oils. So that means uh, vegetable oils grown on degraded land or as cover crops without land use change related risks. And, and for example, McKinsey and uh, World Economic Forum have uh, estimated that the theoretical potential for those is uh, up to 150 million tons globally. So, so there is significant uh, feedstock potential available. Uh, and, and the real problem is that we wouldn't have the feedstock, but, but it's more that, of course, we need to do much work uh, to, uh, to be able to access that full potential. So we will need to develop supply chains uh, to, uh, to uh, be able to aggregate that feedstock. We will need to improve waste collection uh, to, to bring it available. We need to improve pretreatment capabilities to, to be able to use dirtier and, and lower quality raw materials. And what is also important is that regulators keep the eligible, acceptable feedstock base for SAF uh, su sufficiently wide. Uh, so that we have room uh, to grow the soft production and we have room to drive innovation in these markets. Okay, interesting. And do you see kind of um, Asia being like one of the big um, sources of those kind of feedstocks as well? Well, what we roughly estimate that of that 40 million tons waste and residue potential, um, 
around 12 to 15 million tons is in uh, in the Asia Pacific region. So so Asia is 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 a plays plays a big role in providing that potential, but it is quite uh, quite spread uh, across the globe. Right. Okay. So and, and I mean, you already mentioned some of uh, some of the issues there could be in terms of you know needing pre-treatment and you know actually trying to get access to these feedstocks. Um, outside of that, I mean, what other challenges do you see uh, for yourselves or other potential SAF producers in uh, not only kind of um, getting the capacity going, but like attracting the investment needed and uh, developing and building these kind of new technologies and refineries going forward? Yes. So, so if looking at this question from a, from a SAF producer and, and a SAF investor point of view, then, then, then the key issue fundamentally is about demand certainty. Because we are talking about high capital expenditure investments. So we need to believe that there is the long-term market there uh, to back uh, the business case for those investments. So, so, and in order to provide that, regulations, policies uh, play a really fundamental role in unlocking and triggering the investments that we need uh, in SAF uh, production capability. And, and, and what we also believe in is that the, the proven tool to achieve that kind of demand certainty uh, in biofuel markets is a mandate blending obligation type of policies that have already proven uh, to be effective uh, in the road transportation markets, including renewable energy directive in Europe and, and, and for example, the low carbon fuel standard of, uh, of, of California. And, and if we look at the aviation markets, what we are seeing that the frontrunner countries in Europe, uh, Norway, Sweden, France have, have already implemented very similar policies on the aviation side that are, are in place uh, on the road transportation side. And with the European Commission uh, Refuel EU Aviation proposal, and the actions that are driven forward by, by United Kingdom, we expect those policies to become European-wide by, by 2025. But of course, it's not enough to have those policies in Europe. This is a global market. So what we will need to see is, is such a policies spreading beyond Europe and uh, including the Asia-Pacific region. And, and, and here the focus is really turning on the on the frontrunner countries like Singapore, New Zealand, Japan, that we need to play a significant role in, uh, in, uh, in, in showing direction. Maybe there is one more thing to highlight, and, and that's really the role of sustainability standards, because, because what we need in a, such a global market like aviation is, is a degree of global alignment on, on, on what is sustainable and, and what is the criteria that uh, biofuels and sustainable aviation fuel need. And it is much better to have uh, uh, those defined on a global level rather than each country or market defining their, their own rules. And, and, and from our point of view, the most um, logical places uh, to create that, uh, that alignment is to, is to build it based on the Corsia sustainability standards that have already been developed and, and, and provide a quite robust basis in, in, in defining the, the sustainability criteria. Right, okay, so uh, just touching on uh, the, that sustainability thing before we go on to, to the demand side. I mean, um, you use kind of heifer obviously and it's been the most uh, dominant pathway so far, um, but 
we've got we're seeing kind of other technologies such as PTL. Um, is that is that something kind of Neste is looking at also, or any other technologies? No, definitely so. So so HEFA is 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 one of the the seven ASTM approved production pathways um, uh, approved for producing sustainable aviation fuels, and the only one of the seven which is um, currently. Uh, commercially mature for use. And, and, and that is what Nestle's existing production of sustainable aviation fuels uh, is based on. But definitely, uh, we will need to uh, take into use other production pathways and to expand the raw material base uh, beyond the oils and fats types of raw materials that we are using today. And, and we are very much focused on this also on the Nestle side. And, and uh, and there are several feedstock bases that we are looking at and where we are evaluating investment opportunities at different stages of development. Um, our focus is on lignocellulosic raw materials, first of all, that includes various uh, forestry and uh, agricultural residues, uh, sawdust, um, harvesting residues from forestry and the likes. Uh, secondly, municipal solid waste, which provides significant global potential. And then the longer term topics, uh, algae oils and power to liquids. So the, so the production of uh, hydrocarbons from, from captured carbon and, uh, and that renewable hydrogen. Right. Okay. Thanks. And um, yeah, and you mentioned uh, before, um, obviously, Europe's been kind of uh, ahead of the game when it comes to um, implementing the mandates. Um, Asia has kind of um, been lagging behind uh, a little bit. Um, I mean, you've signed uh, several offtake agreements with kind of regional partners such as uh, Petronas in Malaysia and um, Anna in Japan. Uh, but as yeah, as I said, it's been uh, been a bit lacking. There's there's been a few kind of such as New Zealand and Japan that have uh, made uh, made some um, advancements. But uh, yeah, kind of. Do you see kind of this kind of developing quite rapidly uh, in the region? And like, if so, kind of what what kind of form do you think the regulation push should, should take? Should it like favour the EU style mandate or do a more kind of US style incentive program? Yeah, we are very much seeing that much is happening in the Asia Pacific uh, region at the moment, and and actually the the front runner countries here are are setting targets that are are quite comparable to those that we are seeing in the in the European and, and, and North American market. So, so for example, uh, in Japan, the, both the leading airlines as well as the government uh, have to set the target to have 10% uh, of uh, jet fuel in Japan uh, to be sustainable aviation fuels by 2030. Uh, just this week, uh, Singapore and, uh, and New Zealand uh, announced sustainable aviation uh, arrangement. So, so basically a collaboration to drive uh, sustainability in aviation in, in, in many, uh, through many initiatives, including the establishment of, of green lanes between the countries. Uh, New Zealand has also announced the commitment to develop uh, a sustainable aviation fuel mandate still this year probably coming into force by 2025. And what Singapore is doing is currently, uh, with the lead of C C Civil Aviation Authority, uh, driving the definition of a blueprint uh, 
to position Singapore as a leading sustainable aviation hub. And, and an international advisory panel where Neste is also uh, part of uh, has been set up to advise the development of the blueprint. So, so looking at all these developments, uh, that, that gives confidence that that Asia-Pacific region is, is moving forward. And, and because it is a global market, it is highly interconnected, we will eventually need uh, the broader region to follow these, uh, uh, these, uh, these frontrunner countries with a similar type of policies to, to, uh, to create the broader regional market for, for, uh, for SAF. Um, your second question was about, uh, about the different policy instruments and, and, and what is most suitable for, um, for aviation. And, and, and there, uh, my view would be that, that we will need multiple different uh, policies, but, but those policy tools play different roles. So, so mandates are fundamentally the proven tool to, uh, to create the long-term market for sustainable aviation fuels. And, and ultimately, they work as a as a as a um, vehicle of uh, of of transferring the cost of sustainable aviation fuels ultimately to the ticket prices, and they follow the principle that the, basically the polluter pays uh, the cost of the of the green premiums uh, to to reduce the emissions through the use of sustainable aviation fuels, and they are also very much a market based mechanism in a sense that. When a, when a market for sustainable aviation fuels is created through a mandate, that mandate then forces the, the producers to compete, uh, to fulfill the mandate at the lowest cost possible cost way. So, so, so mandates play a very fundamental role. That is not to say that we wouldn't need incentives as well, but, but their role is, is, is different. They are not really scalable to be the long-term solution, but they can help uh, accelerate sustainable aviation fuel use. They can, to some extent, make the transition smoother for the aviation industry. And they can also play a role, for example, in the form of uh, research and development funding uh, to support the, the commercialization of, of those, those technologies that are, are still not mature uh, today. So, so they can be a complementary means. Right. Okay. And just a last question from me then, like outside of those kind of all those policies, do you see kind of a role for uh, carbon offsets uh, in meeting these long-term net zero targets in aviation? I, I think that is definitely the context where offsets are, are going to be used. So, so, so many parties are, uh, have set net zero targets and, and, and even though uh, using all the means to, to reduce um, uh, emissions, including sustainable aviation fuels, more efficient uh, uh, fuel efficient aircraft, operational improvements. There will certainly be some, some residual emissions that, that will require, require offsets. But, but what is really important is, is to see offsets really in that context. So, so the primary focus should really be put uh, in reducing aviation's own emissions and, and and if we look at offsets and uh, emission reduction tools as comparable uh, options that has the big risk that uh, the funding and focus moves to to offsets rather than those emission reduction solutions that and uh, and, and then the offsets are really 
uh, rather than supporting working against uh, the true decarbonization of, of aviation. Yeah, absolutely needs to look for harmonization in those policies there for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you, Sammy, for that. That's been a yeah, very interesting discussion. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to join. Yes, thank you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please check out our other episodes of SAF Insights. And for more information on Argus's global coverage of the sustainable avi aviation fuel market, please visit our website, argusmedia.com forward slash SAF. Thank you.